Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome back to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. We missed you. I know you missed us. Neil, how was uh, your number of trips that oh, you took it was, this time? It was a good time. time, you know, it was a good time this time of the year. Is what number, really what, what trip number was this of 2022? Ah, uh, it's hard to <laughs> put <laughs> a number count on that, that high. The success of this podcast is allowing me it's, to go on these trips. It's true. So it's just, really given you the, the I'm time. I'm trailblazing across the world, you know. It's the lavish lifestyle this of the Shoot Your Thought podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was good. It's a good time. I'm really tanned today, uh, but good to be back. You know, there's a lot to be, um, you know, for us to discuss and yeah. shoot our thoughts about. But did you get any sunburns or anything? Or I'm like rather dark, so I tan really easily. So mm-hmm. had to stay out of the sun, you know. Uh, but you know, in you... sunny Punta Cana where I was. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Did lots you... of tequila. Lots Were you of able sun. to watch any sports over there? Or just highlights. Like, did they have? Oh yeah, I watched the Champions League final. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, like still, like watch Game Seven for Miami, Boston. Um, Do they have bars there? Like they had it on? Or? They have bars. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I guess it's yeah, a resort, was, right? So they had everything, but some some games were in Spanish, which made it even more entertaining because because mm-hmm. it's educational. Spanish, I don't even realize this, but the Spanish commentators are very theatrical. Hundred percent. So yeah, yeah. You're learn. You did you take away any any words or anything like that? No, I was just you know watching it and celebrating too much alcohol at that point too much alcohol that's fair uh alrighty uh let's get into some news um a lot of things happened um since we last recorded an episode here uh we're gonna go through them all uh and then we're going to give uh our own top five running back ratings and top five tight end ratings and then uh something i'm very excited about we have uh we just finally um set a date for our fantasy draft that Neil and I are in. It's a little number. It's a little number right here. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're watching this um, on our YouTube channel, um, we got the trophy right in the middle here. Um, just flew back in from Australia because that was the last winner who had it. Um, but yeah, we're going to first off, we're going to talk about you know what what draft position we want and why we want that draft position, and then we're going to generate the random draft order for our draft, and then we're going to talk about you know what our immediate thoughts are for that what our game plan is going into it um, so that everyone in our league um, knows our entire strategy. Sound fun? I like it. Let's do it. Give away all of our juicy, you know, like literally juicy details on what we think is going to happen. We should just block them from listening to this episode. And yeah. Then they can listen every we know episode. everyone in our league is listening, you know, to get our insight. Yeah. And we're going to talk shit. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, but let's start off with uh, Jason Spezza has retired from the NHL. Um, he retired and is immediately joining the Leafs front office. So he's not done with the Leafs. He's still, uh, he would still get a ring, obviously, once, or sorry, not once, if, big if, the Leafs win a championship. Uh, but yeah, what were your thoughts when you saw that Spezza retired? Um, you know, Spezza, in the early 2000s, he was an Ottawa senator. And, you know, we, we grew to hate him because mm-hmm. he was a captain of the senators at a time. He was. Um Great player, you know, great all around, gritty, um, you know, did the dirty work. Uh, he had a really good run in Dallas and then came home. You know, he's he's from here. I remember back in, I think it was the year 2000 when Jason Spezza and his brother Michael 
uh, were playing like road hockey with like all the young kids. And I was one of those young kids that they were playing with. And, oh, really? Like, taking the time to, to really give back to the community. So um, it's a really exciting day to see him hang it up and, you know, join front office and stay with this organization because he deserves it. Yeah, he loves this organization. Uh, one of the reasons I think that he had to retire, um, I, I don't think the decision was was his necessarily at the end of the day. Like, I think he, given the opportunity and given the same contract, he would have stayed. Obviously, he was on a league minimum contract for the past two years. Uh, but the Leafs decided to give that league minimum contract to someone else on the team, which was surprising to me, but very... It was a very good contract. Um, I don't know how Kyle Divas pulled it off with this specific player, uh, but that's Mark Giordano. Um, and he, Mark Giordano used to be one of the highest paid defensemen in the NHL. Not so long ago. Not so long ago. Not long yeah. ago at all. He was the captain of the Flames, and he was making a significant amount of money. Uh, but now he's back in Toronto. He's from Toronto. Um, and he signed just above a league minimum contract to stay with this team. I think it's a two-year contract, but uh, yeah, he's he's here, and uh, he wants to stay, and he wants to win here. So he was in the later part of the year and like into the playoffs. Like he was on the third defensive pairing. He wasn't the top two, yeah, defensive pairing. So he's a great you know depth guy um, who who brings a lot of leadership and, and a lot of veteran presence to this team. So mm-hmm. it's a I honestly his market value is at least five million. We were talking about this that's before the, the show. Yeah, that's the thing. So He's, for him doing this organization a favor and signing that cap-friendly deal, it helps the Maple Leafs be a little bit more flexible and uh, be able to you know, add pieces where they need to add pieces. Yeah, and see, that's the thing about the Leafs is that there's so many players in the NHL that grew up in Toronto, that grew up in this market, that given this opportunity to come back at the end of their career or towards the end of their career and you know, do a league minimum contract, they would probably do it. And so that's the thing. Like that's, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people from other sports markets hate Toronto is because Toronto is such a populated area and so much hockey talent comes out of Toronto. Um, and it's, it's a lot easier to sway those players to come back to Toronto than it is to go somewhere else. Like your Tampa's or your Florida's or, um, somewhere that's the hockey market's just not great. Like, sure, yeah, Tampa and Florida make it pretty far in the playoffs now, but if you look at games in the regular season for Florida, for, like, Arizona, who now has to play in a university-style uh, arena, and they yeah. can't even put their logo on the middle of the arena. Did you see that? I did see that. It's ridiculous. Like, how does Arizona still have a hockey team? But anyways, yeah, you look at the sports market between Toronto and Arizona, Toronto and Florida, it's vastly different. Yeah, I mean, like, with... With what they're doing right now, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it in a sec. But the Maple Leafs have, you know, they I I still have a feeling Spets might play play next year. But he's already taken up a position in front office. I know, but I feel like later in the season, if they need an extra if body, they need him, <laughs> he can come back. Maybe they're no. riddled with injuries. And like then... you said, you know, you were just saying that you know the decision might not have been his. Yeah. He was a press box guy for most of the season, right? He would come in, and when he would play, he would play at 100%. Like, uh-huh. he, would be, he would be an effective player. He would come back and play a shift, like his first shift back after a few games, and you're like, how did we leave this guy out of the lineup? Yeah. Because the heart that he plays with, the like the way he goes after pucks, he plays harder than anyone on so that I thing. could I could see him staying in shape and, like, being ready for that call if it ever comes, you know, and mm-hmm. 
being ready to go, you know, and late season addition for him to, to come back in might not be out of the question. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. One of the things, um, you know, that's that's gotten a lot of Leaf fans not as upset. I know we talked about it before um, a couple episodes ago, but one of the things that's, you know, got them a little bit hopeful for the future is that they didn't look bad in this playoffs series, like in this last playoffs. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why Giordano wants to stay for a league minimum is that, like, he knows this team has what it takes. There's a few minor tweaks here and there. Keep the same core the same few minor tweaks, um, which again, we're going to talk about right now, but uh, it, the, these players still believe in this team. They just mm-hmm. ran into the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions in the first fucking round. Yeah, I mean, they're going to make some changes this offseason, but like you said, tweaks are coming. Um, you know it will. So what, um, tweaks, what tweaks have you heard about? <clears throat> I've heard, you know, some trades are going to happen this summer. You know, one player we talked about was William Nylander. He's going to continue to come up He's, he's expendable. You know, he's someone who was a minus nine, had 80 points um, on a team that won a lot of lopsided games. But that minus nine sticks out. It does. You know, he's a liability defensively. Another person who's a liability defensively is Jake Muzzin. And I feel like the Leafs could trade or try to trade him and his $5.6 million contract somewhere else. And I think free up some more cap space. The person that Jake Muzzin kind of reminds me of is a slightly better Jake Gardner. Like Jake Gardner took a lot of heat. Um, and now that, that scapegoat um, has moved, now that Gardner's not with us anymore, has moved to a little bit of Jake Muzzin, a lot of Justin Hall, um, but you know, a lot of defensive fuck-ups um, usually are scapegoated to a specific defensive player that used to be Jake Gardner. Now it's uh, more Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall. But yeah, like you said, both of those players. And yes, I will agree with you that William Nylander is a liability defensively. But yeah, his so, offense is really good right now. Uh, yeah, I could see them you know, dealing um, multiple players. Again, like you're, you're, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come hot and heavy uh, once the playoffs end. But you know, they're going to make some moves, and I feel like the Leafs are in need of uh, a shakeup here. A little bit of a shakeup. Yeah. Not a lot. Not a lot, baby girl. Just a little bit. 50 cent. Uh, sh- let's move on to some um, some other hockey that's not the Leafs. Oh, my God. Because the Leafs are not in the playoffs anymore. Uh, but Another Canadian team. Eh? Somehow, for the love of God, I don't know how. You talk about teams that have liabilities defensively not being able to make it. How the hell did the Edmonton Oilers make it to the Western Conference Final. They are the worst defensive team in the entire league. Mike Smith should not be a goalie. He is not an NHL-level goalie. Miko Koskinen is not an NHL-level goalie. <clears throat> Yet every game that they have, they have to decide between the, the two worst goalies in the league because those are their only options. Did you see the goal that Mike Smith let in the other night? I can't. I just can't believe we talked about this after the trade deadline, and I, I told you I was like, I, I genuinely cannot believe that the Oilers did not trade for a goalie. I mean, I guess it's working out for them. <laughs> and in the well, they have, their only way they're winning is because they're putting up nine goals a game. Yeah, you know, you saw Conor what they did David. against against Calgary. The Calgary series was absolutely ridiculous. I remember watching Game Six. It was Game Six or Game Seven where there's four goals in a minute and ten seconds. Literally. Two goals on each side. 
And I was just like, this is ridiculous. There was no goaltending in that series at all. It was strictly firepower. Like, and, and that's and that's the MO of, of the Oilers. They're like, okay, we got to score a lot of goals, led by uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, they got to score a lot of goals to even have a chance. And like the first two games in this Western Conference Finals against Colorado, you've seen that if they don't have offense, they're losing. Yeah. The first game they were yeah. they were con- they were somewhat in it. They made it a little bit competitive near the end. Yeah. Um, but game two, I have the Avs in in five in this series. I don't think I think Edmonton could pull out one game, maybe in an elimination game, maybe game four they win, and then it goes, you know, uh, the Avs take the next one. Um, but there is no way Edmonton wins this series. I don't know the, the the backup goalie for Colorado is now in as Kemper is injured. Frankus. Frankus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is still a chance, you know, if McDavid and Drysaddle can figure out. Uh, I think Drysaddle is still injured as well. Oh, 100 percent. He's still playing at less than 100 percent. But you know, if they can figure out their game plan against his goalie, I think they'll have a chance. But it's not looking good right now. They're down two games to none. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then on the other side, um, in the Eastern Conference, somehow uh, Tampa Bay has gotten an easier and easier opponent every single round, uh, starting off, obviously, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then now they're in the series against the Rangers. The Rangers did come out pretty strong, um, which I feel like has happened in every single Tampa series thus far. You know, the Leafs beat them 5 nothing, should have been 6 nothing in Game 1 of the playoffs, and everyone started ruling out Tampa. Though, you know, if diehard fans of Leafs and fans that have watched Tampa over the past two years win back-to-back Stanley Cups are saying, do not count this team out. And I think that's where the point the Rangers are at right now because the Rangers just kicked their ass in game one. Well, John Cooper, the head coach of the the Lightning, he's one of my favorite head coaches. He's great. After a loss, he's like, oh, I guess we didn't want to try this game. That's all he does. He doesn't say anything else. He's like, oh, I guess we just gave them a game. Yeah, he said that the whole series against Toronto yeah. too. Like, and what happened? The very next game, they would come back strong. Mm-hmm. He's he's an he's a G man. Like he's literally like he calls out his team very like quietly. I mean, like, oh, I guess we didn't want to play today. That's why he's one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the NHL. He'll be the coach of Team Canada. Yeah. Uh, what What's your uh, prediction for the rest of the NHL playoffs? Yeah. I think that the color it's the the Colorado. <laughs> It's Avalanche against the Lightning in the finals. Um, Good versus bad. I would love to see McKinnon hoist oh my gosh. the Stanley Cup. Oh, my gosh. You know, he deserved be, that so bad. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see that. You know, And and Kale McCarr, my goodness. like He's, he's so young, too. Playing at a ridiculous level. They, they showed a stat with him, um, with his defensive pairing, against Dreisaitl and McDavid, and he had more shots more points more everything against that line and he's a defenseman yeah yeah exactly uh i saw a question recently on twitter it was who would you rather build a franchise around and it was either Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl or kale mccarr and nathan mckinnon i have an answer to this question i want to find out what your answer is who would you rather build a franchise around starting from scratch well i'd still have to go to mcdavid and dreisaitl I would go McKinnon and Makara. I honestly oh. would. Because you've got one of a generational talent in Kale Makar in terms of a defenseman, like a defensive player. 
defensive minded and also a monster offensively. So him alone, like I would build a franchise around Kale McCarr alone. And then you put Nathan McKinnon on there, who's arguably one of the another generational talent, and arguably one of the best puck handlers we've ever seen. Like some of the goals he scores, his speed, he can go toe to toe with Connor McDavid, and that's the series we're seeing right now. It's McKinnon versus McDavid. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but they they aren't as defensive minded as McKinnon and McCarr. That's my opinion there. Well, that's your opinion. I'm going to take the one A one B best players in the world right now. Um, McDavid and, and then Dreisaitl. Yeah. McDavid and then Dreisaitl. I beat you to it. Oh, I beat you to it. You didn't have a chance to. You set yourself I'm up. I'm going to take the best players in the world and then figure out the rest later. Definitely not selecting Mike Smith. Oh, God, no. Yeah. I can't believe that they think they can win a Stanley Cup with Mike Smith in that. I can't believe that. That's their opinion, man. Like, it's it's wild. I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to move on to some basketball? Yeah, I mean, basketball, again, I mentioned I was watching Game 7 against Miami, uh, Boston and Miami. What a fucking heartbreaker. What an... You're Miami, always, Miami could have won that game. That's the thing. You're always going to look at the last play of that game, right? And Jimmy I think, Butler, exactly. I know most it's talked exactly. about most. It's it's being talked about very, you know, widely right now. I don't know. I knew exactly what you were going to say, but everyone's going to talk about the last play of that game. And if that play goes wrong, you know, you're going to talk shit about that player. But if that play goes right, that player is now a hero in their city and in the NBA. And I think Jimmy Butler knew that, and he knew what was in, in it for him in that moment. That's why he took that shot. Jimmy Butler is a clutch player. Jimmy Butler is one of the best players in the NBA. If anyone can make that shot, it's Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And the way he went up, it was, it was a contested shot. It was a little too contested for my liking. Um, and he didn't, he didn't set up. It wasn't contested. It was Al Horford on going back on, on his heels. He had space. He had a wide, wide open look. He just missed it. No, but the thing is, he didn't set up for the shot. Like he saw the clock. He thought he had a lot less time than he did, and he took it. The shot rimmed out. Yeah. And then he, there was still like a few seconds left. Like he could have taken more time to either lose Horford or find a better shot taker. Yeah. But he wanted it. He played all 48 minutes in that game. Uh, Kyle Lowry was not a factor. Um, Tyler Hero was not a factor. Tyler Hero was injured. Bam Adebayo was not a factor. Jason Tatum looked like, you know, a, a light-skinned Kobe Bryant out there. And that's who He wore the Kobe Bryant 24 purple band during that game. I don't know if you saw that. But he wore the Kobe Bryant armband, and he looked like Kobe Bryant out there. He was, yeah. he was He's all of so the offense that. Too. Oh yeah, he and Jalen Brown. So young. After years of of analysts and and you know media and fans <laughs> saying that he and Jalen Brown could not play together, they're in the finals right now. They're in the finals, and they just won Game One in Golden State, which is huge. I think the series goes seven games. Um, I I honestly. Who I think is going to win and who I want. I I wanted Miami to win the final. I wanted Jimmy Butler to get that ring. And the fact that he didn't get it is so heartbreaking. That game seven was so, so heartbreaking. Um, 
but yeah, the we're stuck with, I said it on Twitter the other day where I said, if we're stuck with a Celtics Warriors final, I swear to God. And this was like in game five of the Miami Boston series, but here we are. We're, uh, we're stuck with as a Toronto fan. Yeah. Let's just say as a Toronto fan, we're stuck with the Celtics versus the Warriors in the final two teams that we have history with. I don't know who to cheer for in this series who I think is going to win is the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, the Warriors are stacked. I mean, they're the, the old Warriors of previous years, you know, like they, they have the DNA. They've been here, done that. They just couldn't close out that game yesterday. Yeah. They got outscored 40 to 18 in the fourth quarter and lost by 12, I believe. So yeah, the Celtics went on a 17 and O scoring run. You can't it's let that happen insane. if you want to win playoff games. It's insane. You can't let that happen. You got to have more discipline. Steve Kerr is going to get on them, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And can I just quickly talk about the person, Steve Kerr? Because obviously there has been some tragedy recently. Um, and I don't know if you saw the way Steve Kerr took over his own press conference to talk about what was happening in the world and what needs to change. Yeah, he was in just, tears. I just want to give so much credit to Steve Kerr because he does this every time. and He uses his platform to do these things. And he yeah. uses, you know, instead of doing what every single fucking coach and GM and hockey does and saying no comment, which is a comment in and of itself, by the way, Steve Kerr uses his platform to, to, to inspire a positive change. And to call out these these leaders that are just doing nothing. So just so much credit to Steve Kerr. And I, I maybe I that's the reason I want the Warriors to win this series is because of Steve Kerr. But yeah, that's my that's my quick little tip. He's still doing it. It wasn't just a one off. He did it again last or two days ago. Yep. During his press conference, saying that. Well, there's still these strategies going on. Yeah. Right? But it's yep. it's great. Absolutely. Should we move on? Let's get to the meat of our podcast today. Uh, let's talk some football. So, like I said, we're going to um, we're going to go through our top five running back rankings. Each of us, uh, we're going to go through our top five tight end ratings because um, obviously drafts are happening now. Yeah, we do. Last last episode, we did quarterbacks <laughs> and uh, wide receivers. Wide receivers yeah, um, we'd like to give give you an insight on what we feel um, top five. Wide, or top five tight ends and top five running backs look like um, and why we think where they are and, and if any breakouts are, are bound to happen this mm-hmm. year and, and, and whatnot. So um, I can start us off here. Yeah, go for it. Uh, top five, you want to do tight ends first and then we end with running backs? Uh, sure, just let me bring up my... You go first and I'll bring up my tight end uh, rankings here. So tight end is a, a very, you know, like obviously situational presence quarterback play tight end is a very tough position for me to to judge um obviously historically one tight end has dominated this Mm -hmm. uh platform but you know again like there there are a number of wild cards that are that could break out this year and make it to top five and one of them one of them i will say I'm just going to start off by saying Darren Waller has fallen out of my top five. He's not a top five for me anymore. The acquisition of one Devontae Adams on that Raiders team has Mm -hmm. will take away a lot of those targets that Darren Waller was getting. Mm -hmm. Um, And for that reason, he has fallen out of my top five. 
That's fair. A person who has replaced him in the top five is TJ Hawkinson. So you're starting five and going to one. Mm, five okay. to one, yeah. Go for it. We're going to go TJ Hawkinson at number five. At number four, someone that you know I, I really like. Um, I had him on my squad last year. Uh, George Kittle. I think he has a bounce back year this year. Mm -hmm. George Kittle is number four. I think number three is is a little controversial, but I'm going to just go with him anyways, and it's Mark Andrews. That's your number three. It's my number three. Interesting. I think Mark Andrews... Even after losing Hollywood Brown? Even after losing Hollywood Brown. There's so many targets that have to go somewhere. Yeah, but that team doesn't really throw the ball that much. I feel like, yeah, he could be a, a touchdown hog in the end zone, but... That entire team, we saw them sign so many running backs last year. Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell. Like every, every, fuck, week, every week. Every week <laughs> was a new running back that they were signing because yep. they want to continue running the ball. That's who they are. Lamar Jackson isn't a good passing quarterback. He's a running quarterback. He's yeah. a running quarterback. So um, I'm going to take Mark Andrews at number three. That's number right. two, I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. I think this is you know year two in the league. Um, there's no other real threat in that passing game. Matt Ryan's got to throw it to someone. I feel Matt Ryan's not the quarterback anymore. You're right. Matt Ryan's not the quarterback (laughs) anymore. That's the reason. Who's the quarterback in Atlanta now? Uh, currently it's Mariota. Someone's got to throw him the ball. (laughs) That's the thing. Kyle Pitts is. That's one of the trades that went so under the radar. Oh yeah. Off season is the Matt Ryan. I'm just so used to Matt Ryan being there. That's all he's ever played for. Yeah. You're right, um, but I'll still keep uh, Kyle Pitts at my number two. I think you know he is the entire offense on that team. Yep. There isn't really a running back threat. There isn't really a wide receiver threat. He is the offense on that team, and with how big he is, he's unstoppable. And like you're going to see them in year two. And obviously, number one is still Travis Kelsey, even more so than previous years because Tyree Kill is no longer there. Mm-hmm. So Travis Kelsey is going to see some massive numbers this year could be first rounder there's we talk about vacated targets like could holy be a first shit. rounder there's so many he could be first rounder absolutely um there's so many targets that have to go like that tyree kill just took up so many targets so it was, it was literally tyree kill and travis kelsey was that offense and now it's just travis kelsey yeah they yeah. bring in like juju and uh whoever else they brought in this offseason but yeah. Uh, okay. So my top five, um, slightly different from yours. My number five is um, is going to surprise some people. My number five is Dawson Knox. Thank God. My number five is Awesome Knox. Awesome Dawson Knox. Explain. Uh, I need an explanation. <laughs> yeah. No. Fair. You will get one. Um, Josh Allen is in terms of fantasy value. Josh Allen is going to give every single one of his offensive weapons offensive fantasy output. So you have Dawson Knox, who in a full PPR league, which is what we're talking about, which is points per reception. um, So every reception that Dawson Knox receives, whether it's a five-yard gain, whether it's a 15-yard gain, he gets a point for. Um, And Josh Allen, though he loves to run the ball, he also can find targets wherever they are on the field. So that's why Dawson Knox has moved into my top five. And I'll tell you who he kicked out because it's not Darren Waller. It's George Kittle. George Kittle is its similar to um, what I'm going to talk about in my running back ratings. But when someone is so injury prone, like George Kittle, 
I, I'm very hesitant to take them in any fantasy draft. Yes, they're great when they're healthy, but at George Kittle's point in his career, he is so injury prone. So I'm very nervous. I'm very hesitant to take him. I would much rather take a Dawson Knox over a George Kittle at this point. And that's just my hot take. Uh, number four is Darren Waller. And it's Darren Waller because he is still an elite tight end. Um, no matter if they got uh, a generational talent in Devontae Adams on that team, um, there is still the tight end position that needs to have some targets its way. And the only relevant tight end in Vegas is Darren Waller. So I think he still gets a lot of targets. Uh, number how, good, how good do you think Derek Carr is? I think Derek Carr is a very underrated quarterback. I think he's a very underrated quarterback. I don't see it. Um, I don't see it. My number three is Kyle Pitts, yeah. uh, specifically because he is such a great talent. Um, and I think he's going to be one of the best tight ends this league has ever seen. But he just lost Matt Ryan. So he would have been number two, possibly even number one, if he had Matt Ryan. But he does not. So that's why he's sticking at three. Number two is Mark Andrews, um, because Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. He's um, a great tight end. Um, like you said, Lamar doesn't like to throw the ball a lot, but when he does, the targets are going to go Mark Andrews' way, especially with Marquise Brown leaving. Um, and then number one, obviously, Travis Kelsey. He's head and shoulders. And one on one, he's been number one for like a decade. It's crazy. Yeah. It's because even when he didn't have Patrick Mahomes, he was he was yeah. a, he was a star tight end. And the fact that Tyreek Hill has left this offense and is now, it's now the Kelsey show. Yeah. So he's going to get so many. Th- and like you said, he might go in the first round. I don't see why not. Uh, should we move on to running backs? Yeah. Do you want to start this off? Sure. Uh, just give me a second here to bring up my list. All right. Starting with number five. I'm going to start off by saying Christian McCaffrey is not in my top five. This is PPR. Keep this in is, mind, this right? This is full PPR. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying Christian McCaffrey is not in my top five. And that is my hot take. That's, uh, that's ridiculous. Wait till he makes it past week three, and then we'll talk. Yeah. Um, so my fifth top running back is Joe Mixon. Um, in a full PPR, you're going against or you're, you're with one of the best up-and-coming quarterbacks who just made it to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to have so much success in this league, and that's Joe Burrow. He's got to throw the targets somewhere um, to the running back position, and Joe Mixon is an elite running back, and he's an, he's an elite pass-catching running back. Number four, Dalvin Cook. Um, he's a pass-catching running back as well, and he's a monster. So I see him um, doing very well this season. Number three is Austin Eckler, because Justin Herbert. I'm matching. I'm matching them up with. I'm very. I'm very fond of pass catching running backs, as you can see, because we are in a full PPR. But Austin Eckler is very much part of the pass game, but he is very much part of the goal line game. Yeah, he's very much there. He's very much present. A lot of these running backs, like you talk about, like Ezekiel Elliott, who used to be very involved in the goal line game, he's not anymore. He he makes it the full. You're not worried about Eckler's age? <clears throat> nope, because he's still with Justin Herbert, and he's still very much involved in the pass game. Um, I was worried about 
I was worried about this person's age, but I'm not really anymore because I've, I've literally taken a look at this, which brings me to my number two, which is Derek Henry. In a PPR. In a PPR. My number two is King Henry, the monster Derek Henry, who can break any tackle, who can stiff arm anyone you put in front of him. He is a monster. He's going to put you up fantasy numbers. He deserves to go early in the first round like he will. Derrick Henry, he's a monster. And then obviously first, no surprise here, is this year it's Jonathan Taylor. Um, he had, even though he didn't start off the year great last year, if he's still so young. He's still so young. He's on, This is what, his third year in the league now? We're going mm-hmm. through his third year. And uh, the way he finished the year last year, he was putting up like four or five touchdowns a game. It was insanity. And he's involved in the passing game. Um, and you've got uh, is Carson Wentz is in Indiana now, right? No, who did Indy just get? Matt Ryan. They got Matt Ryan. There you go. Boom. Done. We figured out the Matt Ryan conflict here. Uh, but yeah, Matt Ryan is now in Indiana. Um, they're going to do so well. Jonathan Taylor is going to do so well as a running back. Uh, Wentz is on the Commanders. Um, that's where he went. That's, that's a went. good. Uh, it's a good top five. I also I, like. I have. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be hot. Takes. I have some disagreements with your selections. <laughs> Let's hear it. <clears throat> Derek Henry is not in my top five. That's insane. He is not in my top. You five. You called me insane for having McCaffrey not in my top five. Ha- not having Derek Henry. Derek Henry has. There is no offense in Tennessee. They just traded their. Own, they released Julio Jones. They traded AJ Brown for nothing, and now they have no passing game. Their passing game is going to go to Derek Henry. What are you talking about? He is their Every offense. team is going to just stack the box against Derrick Henry. Oh, they don't pass the ball to him. In a PPR, he's not going to be he's not going to be vintage Derrick Henry. You could put team. 15 guys in front of Derrick Henry and he's still not making to mention his he's way. He's coming through. off a major injury. I just don't think he's top 5 for me this year. And you're going to put Christian McCaffrey in your top 5? I'm going to go Dalvin Cook at number 5. Okay. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey at number 4. Gross. <laughs> Why is that gross? Of the past 3 seasons he hasn't made it past week 3. I'm going to go Eckler, number three, Najee Harris, number two, Ooh. and then JT, number one. I knew it would piss you off if I didn't put <clears> Najee <throat> Harris in my in my top five. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> How can you not take Najee Harris, who is the entire offense I'll on the Steelers? You why. I'll tell you why. It's because their quarterback situation, I, I don't know what it is right now in Pittsburgh. Um, once they figure out their quarterback situation. They have two and a half number one quarterbacks. What are you talking about? What? In... Pickens and um, Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky's not a starting quarterback. Pickens is not a starting quarterback right now. Could be. We're gonna see how obviously um, the preseason goes. We're gonna see what their what their decisions are gonna be in that in that sense. Um, but yeah, once they figure out who their starting quarterback, maybe my opinion of Najee Harris will change. Um, obviously, he's gonna have a monster season. I just don't. I think, think Kenny Pickett's gonna have a great year. I'm just gonna put it out there. He's gonna probably gonna be a starter like by week 14, but. By week fourteen, yeah, so you're gonna stick with Trubisky for thirteen weeks. Yeah, they're gonna go thirteen and one <laughs> with Trubisky, <laughs> one and thirteen. Uh, yeah, okay. So before this is what I'm very excited for. We're gonna we're gonna reveal the draft order here. But first, I want you to tell me what position you would like. It's a snake draft, so obviously, whatever position you are in, in the first round, you're gonna be in the opposite position in the second round. So on and so forth, back and forth. But what position would you like here? 
Uh, I ideally like I'll I'll take number four. I don't like having the top three picks because yeah, you get a good player, but then you have to wait to get another solid player. Um, uh-huh. There's value in the top twenty though. So like, I mean, anywhere from four to six, I like. I like being in the <laughs> middle of every everything. I don't like having to wait twenty picks. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's you know, so gross. anywhere between four and six, I'll be happy with. I was honestly going to answer the same thing. Um, four and six because so much can change in a draft especially yeah. when you go into the later rounds um, and you want to be right in the thick of it so right in the middle you don't want to have that number one pick in my opinion I don't want to have the number one pick I don't want to have the 10th pick because um, the 10th pick you get 10-11 but then you have to wait another 20 picks until you pick yeah. again um, same thing with the first pick the first pick right off the bat you get the first pick sure great you get your Jonathan Taylor but then you have to wait until the 19th pick to get like someone that's not that good exactly yeah um so i want to go between four and six quite so i can keep my eye on what's happening in the draft if someone starts taking a quarterback if someone starts taking a tight end i can be ready for it and i don't have to wait another 20 picks so with that being said shall we unveil randomize the order i am posting the order let's go to our draft results here Okay, okay. Uh, I'm seeing it here. Uh, your team name is Bishop Sycamore from last year. You are pick six. I'm okay with that. In the first round. Uh, you Shall Not Pass, which is my team name this year. I am pick number eight, which I'm okay with. Are you happy with that? I am. I am okay with. I am happy about it. You know what's going to be happening here. <clears throat> I'm going to be snaking you, and you're going to be snaking me the entire draft. The entire way. <clears throat> Happened last season. Um, I specifically remember you taking Trey Lance right before me. But, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'm okay with this. Um, It's not the greatest, obviously, um, having the eighth pick. But it's not not terrible. It's not terrible. I'm I'm already starting off my my strategy now. Um, Okay, so with the risk of letting everyone in our draft know who uh, we want to pick, who are you looking to get? Who are you hoping to get? Uh, obviously, Najee Harris is is someone he's I'm your, targeting. He's your hope. He's, he might not slip to that far. Um, I doubt he slips that far, but I think he goes in the top five. You know, and I'm right outside there. But I've got some options at uh, right after that for for me to select. So uh, I really <clears> want to worried. say who I want to take, but I don't want everyone to know who I want to take. You're at eight, so it's not that I it's know. not going to come as that big a surprise if that person's still there. I know, I know. Um, I'm really hoping. I don't think it's going to happen, but usually everyone loves to take the running backs in the first round, um, and it's very rare that a wide receiver gets taken in the first round. But I'm really hoping that Cooper Cup falls to me <laughs> um, at eight. I don't think he will if the people in our league are smart. Um, but I hope he does. If he doesn't, uh, I'm just looking at the board here. I think I might take Joe Mixon at eight. Joe Mixon? That's a good pick. Yep. I think that's a good way to start off my team. Yeah. But yeah, so there you have it. There's That's our, uh, that's our order now. Um, it is out there. It is out in the world. You're happy? I have six. And then I guess I have the... So I can I can read it out here. You have six, <clears throat> then you have five, then you have six. So it's just five and six, which is the the place to be. So in round two you have fifth pick. Yeah, round three you get the sixth pick, so on and so forth. 
Uh, for myself, I have the eighth pick in the first round. I have the third pick in the second round. I have, again, back to eight. So eight, three, eight, three. Yeah, you're still waiting quite a bit after that second pick, though. Right, like after the second pick, yes, <coughs> you're still gonna have to wait and 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 see like who's available there. Yep. Are you uh, trying to draft Patrick Mahomes this year? Nope. You're staying away from him. I'm not necessarily staying away from him. I just have a different plan. Can't wait to see what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have a very different strategy in this in this uh, in this fantasy draft year than I have had in previous years. I will say that. So going with Jarvis Landry in the second round. I am round. going with Jarvis Landry <laughs> and then Adrian Peterson in the third round. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Might work out for you. I'm doing it. Uh, so, yes, there you have it. That's going to do it for our show today. We missed you. Hopefully you missed us. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you later. Have a good week, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. Podcast.